Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Once again, I had a wonderful time chatting with someone who's keen on chatting, is used to being fully engaged with strangers, and perhaps has even a podcast of her own. This couldn't have been not a good time. I'm speaking, of course, about Elaine Capagines, which if you don't know anything about local enterprises, magazines, and media, couldn't be a name you don't know. Don't be confused by my double negatives. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Elaine started The Holistic Parent, a magazine, and now so much more. Clearly, if you read The Holistic Parent or visited the other online content they have, you know it's the goods. I think it's amazing what she does and what comes out is high-caliber stuff. So gather around, gang, and enjoy responsibly. Let's throw all that out the window. (laughs) I talk like a crazy person. (laughs) You're in the coffee house. I'm in the coffee house. All right. That sounds like something that I should say if I was like, welcome to TD and the Bear. You're listening. Welcome to the coffee house. Here's Jerry with the weather. I love uh, it. Uh, we're up here in the sky. I can see it's... Uh, we're going old school radio mm. today. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me how to say your last name? Oh, Capagines. Capagines. Capagines, yeah. I told, I told, uh, you interviewed Natasha McKenty once and we've done a bunch of things together. I told her once, she's like, how do you say your name? And I was like, Capagines, like cap and jeans. Right. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, now I'm going to call you cap and jeans on air. <laughs> I was like, no, Capagines, Capagines. I love so you, Natasha. <laughs> it sounds like a nice milk-based coffee drink. Yeah, there you go. It's Greek. It's not mine. It's my husband's last name. Right. I've just adopted it. <laughs> I think I resorted to saying Elaine K. Mm-hmm. Which happens. I actually, um, on a lot of my Instagram handles and stuff, I just go with Elaine K. It's, yeah. it's much easier. So, yeah. I want to see those people on the spot about to get it wrong and just going, I'd like to welcome Elaine. K- oh, Welcome. Yeah. Pre- yes, I've gotten those uh, phone calls from like you know the unsolicited trying to sell me stuff, right. trying to get their mouth around my last name. Um, but I went from so my maiden name is Wilshire, um, which has been pretty much just as brutalized my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been pronounced every which way, every wrong way. So going from Wilshire to Capuchins wasn't that big of a jump. Um, I did have one person say, are you going to hyphenate your last name? I'm like, Wilshire Capuchins, are you insane? (laughs) Like, that's like 45 letters. No. (laughs) Context. This is June 7th. Sure is. You're listening to this probably in July something. That's the way I did it because like when you're listening to this, I'm spending this month spending as as much time with my, my partner as possible. She's going to none of it to teach for six months that I will not be around for, and I'll be joining her after the Christmas holidays in Joe Haven, none of it. Uh, Fear for both of us. It's going to be very (laughs) cold. But right now, it's fucking hot as blazes. Have you ever woken up in like your own sweat, knowing that you had a guest coming over and just like (laughs) rapidly did everything to get rid of smells and then create coolness? Have you ever... (laughs) Invited a guest over, enticing them with hot coffee. Uh, you know hey, what? Elaine. 
I love it. I am so <laughs> sick of the cold weather. Like any yeah. any like sliver of sunshine and heat, I'm soaking it all in. I will happily drink my hot coffee in the hot sun. I am also one of those people who will drink hot coffee in like 45 degrees, middle of the summer, yeah. in the middle of a workout. I will bring my coffee to a workout in 45 degree weather right. and I will drink my hot coffee. So you are not offending me in any way. <laughs> <laughs> is there something scientific about like how like drinking something hot? Um, so apparently there is. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's, that's, my, that's my intelligence speaking. There you go. No, no, no. I have actually heard this, that drinking like a hot beverage, um, like if you go over to like India, they mm. drink hot tea all year round and their yeah. climate is much warmer than ours. Um, but no, I have heard there's something about it raises your body temperature. So you feel the heat outside less. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just love coffee. So I same here. <laughs> And it's funny. There's nothing scientific about my coffee addiction. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with a hot cup of Joe <laughs> in whatever this is. Why I'm here at the coffee house today. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get the guests over that are really enthusiastic about coffee, and that can become a point of conversation. Yeah. I have some. I have tons of coffee stories. We could talk about coffee Please. all day. So I, you know, those moments in your life that you remember, like the mm-hmm. first time you heard your favorite band, or these like little moments, but they really stick with you. Mm-hmm. For me, that was my first cup of coffee. I was 15 years old. Um, I was traveling with my parents in the UK, and we went. We met some. My, my family's from the UK, so we met up with my um, some cousins or second cousins, and we were at this really fancy. Um, well, for, for 15, I thought it was fancy. It was probably like the pub down the street, but it was this fancy restaurant, and everybody, all the adults, ordered coffee at the end. And I said to my dad, I said can I have a coffee? And he was like, I don't know. Sure. Mm-hmm. My dad's a big coffee drinker. Um, he was like, sure. He's like, why don't you get a cappuccino? And I was like, okay. So I ordered a cappuccino and I remember taking that first sip and thinking that I had died and gone to heaven. Like this was <laughs> honestly. And I thought, you know, my 15 year old self thinking like, Oh my God, I'm sitting in this cafe in London and I'm drinking cappuccino yeah, and just yeah. thought I was like the shit. <laughs> but I remember that cup of coffee and yeah. I started drinking coffee um, after that, uh, a little bit on and off. Um, and then when I started working with my dad, um, every single morning, we'd be getting up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. This was towards the end of my high school career when I started working with my dad. He would make a pot of coffee and I would put my coffee in my co- in my travel mug and we would drive to work and drink our coffee together. So Hold on. Did, did, did you also put coffee in your coffee? I did. <laughs> no, it totally makes just, sense. Right? It's just coffee, 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 coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, well, I actually put espresso in my coffee. And now I have really good memories of drinking coffee with my dad and these like really great like conversations that we had on the way to work and yeah. drinking our coffee. And then um, when I was about 19, um, I developed um, an allergy to milk. So I started drinking. So I was 19 and I started drinking black coffee. Right. Um, good time. Yeah. So, and I only drink black coffee now. And now that I'm a pretty, I'm a coffee snob. Like I know, I know the beans I like. I know, yeah. I know what I like. And I think we're super uh, privileged here in this region because we've got a lot of good coffee roasters in this yeah. region. I am very impressed. <laughs> and like every, every one of them, they're all about fair trade and yeah. lo- location scouting or <laughs> just like uh, acknowledgement of like where the beans yeah. come from. Cause uh, yeah, they're picking the coffee beans from the trees and, and sending them up here. We actually, my husband, my husband's a coffee snob as well. We tried to roast our own beans once. Oh, yeah. We actually went and bought um, green beans 
um, from one of the local places. I don't remember which one now, but we made, we attempted to roast our own beans. It was a miserable disaster. It tasted like garbage. <laughs> we just ruined like $40 worth of beans. Right. <laughs> we'll just buy them pre-roasted from now on. <laughs> Ironically, it made a very good moonshine. Uh, <laughs> it gets the mustard out of jeans. That's right. Thing. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I'll try it when I get home. I haven't even gotten to the notes yet. I did sure. tell you, I did write down, yeah. I, in the episode 29 with Rajmi Sanjay, which is so weird to do context with time. <laughs> context, and that was the most recent episode. Yep. For the listener, it's called it Holistic Parenting. Yep. It's the Holistic Parent. It is the Holistic Parent. It's all right. Where is it available online? Okay, so um, yeah, so it's the Holistic Parent magazine. We're a natural health and wellness magazine for families, um, specifically in the Waterloo region. Um, we distribute a little bit in Guelph. Um, I always say the, the content is universal. Um, you don't have to be from the Waterloo region to enjoy the content, um, but we focus on local practitioners. Um, our advertisers are mostly local businesses. Um, anybody we interview are local parents. Um, we do a lot of of, uh, a lot of the original photography that we do is all with local families. So nice. we try to keep it as local as possible. But I mean, an article about, you know, emotional labor is, is universal, yeah. right? Like anybody can read it. But um, yeah, you can get it. So it's, it's actually a free publication. So we're at just under 100 locations in the Waterloo region. So we distribute to places like fitness studios and health food stores and uh, naturopathic clinics. And we're a bunch of the midwifery clinics. Um, so yeah, we got a full list of our distributors on our website, which is theholisticparent.ca. And then I'm super active on social media, um, Instagram and Facebook and yeah, just uh, the holistic parent. Our, our SEO is pretty good. So you'll pop up on, we'll pop up on uh, Google pretty quickly. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Like, and I love it. As I said before, I, like, I'm not a mother, I'm not a wife, I'm not a woman. And there's so much for me as a person intellectually to enjoy about what you have on it. Creation. I was going to say, yeah, it's just, it's content creation, right? Like it's, you know, you, you're a content creator, so you well, don't. Well, especially if I am, yeah. yeah. I'm going to connect to the fact that like, I, I love what this person's doing. Yeah. I love the quality that I see. Thank you. I love that it started off as, um, this I don't actually know. Sorry. <laughs> It's but right. it, say it started off as just a magazine yeah. and now like you have this Willy Wonka's factory yeah. of holistic parent culture. It's no, it's, and you're, you've nailed it, right? Like that's actually exactly how it happened. So I have a journalism degree. So right. um, I worked in print journalism since I graduated in 2006. Um, oh, that's a long time ago. Whew, just taking a moment there. Yeah. <laughs> 2006. Um, so I've, yeah, I've worked in print journalism. So when I, um, the opportunity came up, I'd always, this is actually the second magazine that I've um, started from scratch. So when the opportunity came up, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter was only 14 months old when I launched the magazine, not what I was intending on doing, but the opportunity came up and I jumped at it. And to, have, it, to have a child? No, the to opportunity have a magazine. Came up. <laughs> I'm fertile well, once every 20 years. <laughs> well, the opportunity for a child also came up. Right. But, uh, <laughs> no, I had left my full-time job. Um, right. I wasn't going to go. I, you know, I was on my maternity leave. Um, I was going to go back to work kind of last minute decided just wasn't going to work for me. Um, I right. was commuting to Burlington. Um, just the, I couldn't make the logistics work of, of being a mom and my husband works crazy hours and he travels a lot and just the daycare situation wasn't working out. So we made the decision that I was going to leave my full-time job and just stay at home. 
I was doing a little bit of freelance work at the time. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I hate freelancing. I've done it for a, a, I've done it for a while. I don't, I don't like it. It's not my, I don't. Hold on. I got to make whole... a note here. <laughs> avoid that. Yeah. Well, avoid it, freelancing. It, it's not, not, not good. Well, hold up. Wait up. Something. <laughs> uh, I forget the rest of the rap. Is it better than working at a factory 12 hours a day though? Freelancing? You know what? For me, freelancing, I just, I didn't love the work that I was getting. Um, and right. you know, it's different when I was working at home by myself with my dog. Like I literally went days and days where I was talking to nobody, but my 20 pound dog, I didn't love that part of being at home and freelancing, but right. I, what I really didn't like, I didn't want to have to go out and sell myself. Like yeah. I, you know, I sell ads for the magazine, but I'm selling a product. I'm selling content. I'm selling, you know, other people's writing. I'm just sort of a conduit, right? When you're freelancing, it's like you're going out and you're selling yourself, which I didn't really love that. And I got to the point where I was just taking any work that I could possibly get, right. whether it was design, editing, writing. And I was, I was just, ta- and it was on it. It was just shit work. Like it wasn't, the quality wasn't good. I was editing this, like these God awful, um, manuscripts. And it was just, I was just taking any work I could possibly get because I needed to work. Yeah. And it just got to the point where I didn't, I didn't, I hated what I was doing. It wasn't even journalism anymore. I didn't even feel like I was doing journalism. I was just somebody who could, you know, fix people's punctuation. So I would never do that again. When I went on my maternity, when I went off my maternity leave, decided not to go back to work, I was taking a few contracts here and there, but I was still a full-time mom. I was, you know, my daughter, you know, had a couple hours nap in the middle of the day. So I would bang out some work. Um, This was not sustainable for me at all. I had never intended on being a freelance writer. But I also never intended on starting a business when she was 14 months old. But like I said, I saw this opportunity. I had already published a magazine once, so I kind of knew what I was doing. It it was sort of like, well, you know, let's just give this a try. I had sort of intended on just being one issue. It was like a show guide that I was doing. It was going to be one issue. Um, You know, five years later, it's still still going. So, But yeah, it just started out as one single print magazine. And then sort of as the five years have gone by and I've had another child, I have two daughters now, you know, things... It's it's a cycle, right? It goes up and down, and sometimes I'm doing a ton of stuff, and sometimes I'm just doing the magazine. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's sort of I've got a number of products now, and diversifying. I guess that's a word in business we use. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Terminologies. I <laughs> need an I, MBA to get through all the terminology. <laughs> it's true. Here's the um, phonetic alphabet of <laughs> <laughs> business ease. Yeah. 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 But yeah, every product that I've launched has been very like organic. Like it was never, I was, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do this. It was like, some people have that though. They do. They I don't do. Mean to cut you off, but like, no, I, no, no. Some people say like, okay, I have, I have, uh, you know, a through Z mm-hmm. planned out. I'm going to do this now. And uh, you know, I, I read the secret and I read the power of now yeah. and I'm doing it like this, this, and it's going to go this way. Yeah. I don't believe Feel free to prove me wrong because I probably am wrong about everything I say. I don't believe that the human being is set up to be perpetually optimistic and ripe for like if something goes wrong. Sorry, all of the steps along the way that you're positive will just be ripped apart. 
by well, natural disaster. Yeah. Part. I just think, I think it's, it's, it depends on how you work, right? Like some people, True. and I think it has a lot to do with, um, I, I'm noticing this a lot now being a parent. Um, and my sister and I actually have quite different parenting styles. She's very scheduled. Like her kids are on a schedule and they always have been, they go to bed at a certain time. They wake up at a certain time. They eat at a certain time. And that's her. That's how her brain works. She had this, I always used to make fun of her. She had this list, um, on her fridge with like exactly what the kids were doing that day and when they were going to sleep. And, and that's just how her brain works. And she likes that schedule. Um, I'm not like that at all. That stresses me out. The fact yeah. that like my kids would have had to been asleep at a certain time, like that is not the way my family functions. It's right. like, yeah. So I, I feel like I run my business a little bit like that too. I never had an end goal in mind. It wasn't like I'm going to start this magazine and then I'm going to start these networking events and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. It was just, I'm kind of just going with the flow a little yeah. bit, which I think is actually kind of similar to my parenting style. But uh, yeah, I think when I see an opportunity um, and I'm able to take it on, I love trying different things. I love exploring different things. Um, I've been really, it's been really fun to explore different mediums. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, you and I were talking before, I'm a print girl. I have my degree in print. I've only ever worked in print, but you know, somebody suggested, it was Amanda Muse, suggested I do a podcast. And I was like, sure, I can do a podcast. Why not? And you you know, so it's been, it's been really fun and running your own business. You can do stuff like that, right? Like you could right. just wake up and be like, I'm going to do this today. And you know, that's kind of the way that my business has gone. And I think it's worked out all right for me so far. <laughs> I don't think you or the magazine would consider me an outsider. I just believe that like there are like you said, universal aspects yeah. that you can appreciate about it. The way you did it and the way you're saying that you psychologically approach it is, I think it's appropriate. I, f- I feel like against my better or worse nature, I have started projects with the loftier side mm-hmm. in mind. And every time I stopped doing it, it, it was for a number of reasons, but I, with the Coffeehouse crowd specifically, I think it was smarter for me to just say, let me do just the podcast as long as I can and see what happens. Definitely. And, and I, you know, I, I get, a, I get asked about my business quite a bit and, you know, I do work with um, entrepreneurs and small businesses. And so I get this question a lot um, where it comes up is like, either asking about their direction of their business or should they do this or should they do that? And, and I am a very, very firm believer in saying, pick your one thing and do it really, really well. What's that beer company that's um, steam whistle. They have, you know, do, do one thing really well. And once you've got that foundation, once you've got that foundational product or service or whatever it is, then you're able to start branching out. So Mm. for me, it was the print magazine. I wanted to have the best print magazine I possibly could. I wanted to get this thing running like it could just run itself. My, you know, I wanted to get the business plan organized. I just, I wanted to feel like I had that core product and it was running extremely well. And I think I got to that point and then I was able to start branching out and trying a few different things under the brand. So I've got the brand. It's, you know, I feel like it's established enough that I can try a few different things and you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it's not detrimental to my core business, which is the magazine. Mm -hmm. Just so the listener knows, I, I am listening. Yeah. But I'm conscious of something that, <laughs> like, there's a person right in front of me. We're making eye contact because we're having a conversation. Yeah. In order to stay kind of cool, there's a fan <laughs> that every now and then is blowing in my eyes. 
do I look like I'm trying very awkwardly to seduce you? Like, <laughs> no, you're good. Hey, you're hey good. I thought you maybe were getting a little misty eyed. I was, you were like, I was getting <laughs> a little teary. <laughs> when, yeah. Uh, I'm comfortable having done the podcast segue back in this that, uh, like, like I know the rhythms of conversation mm-hmm. versus the type of interview thing I'm trying to avoid that I have also done yeah. for many years. And I remember having the set of broadcasting rules. Yeah. And I remember starting a podcast, albeit a YouTube channel podcast, where I filmed bands and, and stuff uh, in my parents' basement. Cool. Kind of Wayne's World style, but like nice. YouTube before YouTube had an audience. Yeah, 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 for sure. 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to imagine YouTube not being one of the main places to go. Yeah. And there was no audience. Mm-hmm. Like you had to tell your friends, go somewhere with a computer and a good internet right, connection. Right, right. So you can watch my video that I posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Titularly, titularly, the holistic parent is the thing. Yeah. And on Instagram, it's sort of like, do you, do you I mean, you don't have to tell me where it is. Do you have yeah. a personal Instagram account? I don't actually. So I, I no. So your, your voice is yeah. on the holistic parent. And that's Instagram. very, and I like that you've picked up on that. Cause that for me is very, it's a conscious effort. Um, mm-hmm. was that I don't, I don't want to be the brand. I'm not an influencer. I'm not a right. brand myself. I want the holistic parent to be the brand. Right. So if forever, for whatever reason, if I do get to the point where I could hire, say, somebody to come on and help me with social media or hire an editor to, you know, help me out with the magazine so that I could do these other things, I don't want to I don't want to be the the face of the holistic parent. I want right. the holistic parent to be its own thing. Now, that being said, I have been having a lot of conversations recently with, um, you know, some mentors and advisors and, you know, kind of talking, talking things out. And every time I do a post about myself, my engagement, like skyrockets, the, the, you know, the views skyrocket, the messages skyrocket. So, you know, um, this woman that I work with, and she's just kind of a social media expert. She's like, you have to start posting more about yourself. And I'm right. like, but I don't want to, it's not me. And, and See, I don't have these meetings. I don't know. <laughs> I'm now finding out via you that the thing that I do that I think is my downfall is actually a good thing you're saying yeah I think yes I think people want to especially on Instagram I'm talking specific uh, Facebook is a little bit of a different beast and I I post different content and I'm still trying to figure all that out but um, for Instagram people want to know about you like when I post a picture of the magazine yeah I'll get you know I'll get a good amount of likes especially if it's a new public like a new issue coming out people will share it but you know for the most part it's a fairly what I would consider like a flat post you know I posted um uh, maybe like a couple weeks ago about um, the market. And it was just this not great picture of my daughter hugging me. And I just said like, you know, she came to visit me at the market and, you know, I, I do everything I do for my kids and blah, blah, blah. And it was sort of this like kind of schmaltzy post and like the most engaged, the most views, the most impressions like right. in the last year was this like black and white picture of, of my daughter hugging me. Mm-hmm. So people want to see you. They want to know you. They want to invest in you as a content creator. And then, especially on Instagram content, really, I don't know. Content comes second a little bit, almost to the personality. They want, people want the personality. They want to feel connected with the person. Um, when I post a link, um, you know, if I'm trying to get people to go to my website or go to a new issue or enter a contest, like, you know, I have a link tree so you can tell how many people clicked on what, right. 
I almost generate, I, I'm, I generate probably 1% of my traffic to my website through Instagram. Nobody leaves Instagram. They go on Instagram, they look at all the pretty pictures, they do their <laughs> likes and that's right. it. I cannot drive traffic from Instagram to a website. I think Instagram has built it that way because you can't post links. You can't like, right. there's, they, they don't want you. Can't you can't edit on the, on a computer. Yeah, exactly. Screen, exactly. The- Instagram does not want you leaving Instagram. They want you to stay on Instagram. Right. And when, and I do the same thing. I don't really click on other people's links. I go through, you know, I have a few minutes. I'll, I'll, you know, I've got my top, I don't know, five or six people that other stories are right at the top. I'll go through, kind of click through them, spend a few minutes scrolling through, like a couple things and that's it. And then I'm off Instagram unless I'm doing something for me. Facebook, on the other hand, my engagement in a single post is way down on Facebook, but the actual click through is like, I I probably generate, I'm guessing about 50% of my website traffic from Facebook because people, people click on things. There's a link, there's a picture, there's, they click to get out of Facebook. So it's interesting. I don't know. Social media as a whole, like I'm still, it's all learning process. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, if you've been enjoying Todd's podcast, consider checking out Describing a Rock with Milo Axelrod. That's me. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. The show is exactly what it sounds like. A short escape from your busy life to slow down and consider a rock. I think if Instagram's coming around to doing things where you can easily create little videos and IGTV. Yeah, but it's all, it's all with the goal of keeping you in Instagram, right? Like you can post your video. Yeah. It, the whole Instagram is designed. That's the same reason. Like if you're doing an individual post and you say like, go to my website, the link inside your post is not active. People can't click on that link. The only way right. that you can is is within your bio. They've got that single line, and In you Linktree, can. Linktree is with, are you are you on the paid thing? Is it worth paying for? Oh God, I don't pay for anything. Okay, so maybe on a maybe on a browser <laughs> on my phone I can't customize the colors or anything, but maybe on a browser I can. No, I can do it on my phone. Okay, I'll figure yep, it out. Pl- I'll, I'll help. I'm you. just a I'll moron. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I don't trust. I don't pay for anything. No, but even Linktree, like it, it gives you the option of having multiple links posted, but it's still people don't click on it. They just they want right. to stay on Instagram, and I think that's horrible. Because I have I enjoy Instagram, but I mean, if I didn't like doing it, but I, you have to use it for what it's intended, right? Like right. it's it's. I, like I said, I post very different content on Instagram than I do on Facebook. If I'm yeah. trying to drive traffic to a new issue or a new blog post, I probably won't even bother posting it on Instagram. But vice versa, I would never have posted that picture of me and my daughter on Facebook because right. nobody cares. <laughs> and, and maybe not in the magazine either. Yeah. But even though, I mean, it's still human content. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really connecting. It's human, it's, it's human content. It's, it's personal. But I think this is where con- this is content creation, right? You've right. got to you've got to create the content that is meant for the individual platform. Right. There's certain I wouldn't there's certain content I would never run in a magazine, but I would run on my blog and vice versa. Like it's just it's the trial and error and it's the getting to know the different platforms yeah. and then like I said utilizing what they're meant for. And right. this is this is what this is content creation, right? Like it's different platforms lend themselves to different types of content. I would never consider social media content. Oh, I hundred percent. 
You, it, absolutely, it's content. Whether it's a magazine or a podcast, it's hard sometimes to go like, boy, if, if I'm doing this good on Instagram, if only these people were listening to the podcast. Yeah, but Instagram is, Instagram is a different, it's a different form of content. Yeah. And you need to post different content than you would. Obviously, you're trying to gain traction right. for something else, a podcast. But I, I don't even use those terms. And I'm not putting that down. I, I totally respect that. I just feel like it, I'm, I'm so not the right person to be looking after those words for my podcast. <laughs> Someone who does that yeah. needs to rally behind me and believe in it's it a, until they can a, get a cut. It's a skill. It's a skill. <laughs> so having a social media, you know, having a social media manager or having somebody who understands hashtags and understands the analytics. Yeah. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before. You do get sucked into the analytics a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and where, those people enjoy that. They do. They do. And I, I enjoy it. I love numbers. I love the math behind all this stuff and trying to figure it out. But get out I of get, my house. <laughs> but Thanks. I get really obsessive about it to the point where I got a little obsessive about the, uh, especially on Instagram, I was getting really frustrated with my engagement and right. I'd been off it for a little bit. So I must've dropped down a bit on the algorithm right. and I was having, a, I was having a bit of a tough time. And then I was talking to somebody and she gave me some really good tips on hashtagging right. and my, my engagement and my impressions like skyrocketed like a hundredfold in like a couple of posts. So then I was like, Oh, I got this. This is great. I understand the algorithm now. And I'm designing <laughs> these posts to like beat the algorithm and just wasn't getting any traction. And I was getting really frustrated and I felt like my, my content started to deteriorate because I was so focused on what was going to get the most likes and what was going to get the most right. impressions where I can't let myself get sucked in there. Like my, social media platform, I, it is a separate form of content for me. When you list, when you, when you ask me to list off my products, social media is an individual product. It's print, it's the um, website and it's social media. Like yeah. it is a separate con piece of content for me. I, I have to sometimes just let the analytics just go and just stop worrying about it and stop worrying about what content is getting the most likes and just, you know, do it for me sometimes. And right. I have to, yeah, like I said, I get sucked into it a little bit. So it's, yeah, it's a fine balance between, you know, doing it for you and doing it to build your business as well. Right. So I am in, I do enjoy talking shop, but I really want to know what do you, and your <laughs> friends and people, what do you love talking about? Oh, it, with, that has nothing to do with wow. the projects and shop. And, I love and talking shop and I love talking business. Um, parenting, like it's, I, 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 most of my friends now are parents. So, I mean, we just sit around and talk about boring parenting stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You sort of get lost, right? Like my, my life is either business or parenting. And well, we um, tend to be inclined to talk about the things that we think about all the time. Yeah, for sure. And for I do sure. think about, the, I, I just want to gain insight into how you feel about it too. <laughs> yeah. So that I know that I'm not crazy or I'm trying to. Well, we want to know that we're not alone in our, Absolutely. in our fears. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. I, I, my, my, my brain is sort of business or parenting at the moment. Yeah. So I know I do other things, but now you put me on the spot. File the kids and clean the content. <laughs> Basically <laughs> kids go to bed and I'm on the computer dealing with my content. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I'm sure I do other things. <laughs> I, um, I busted up my knee um, about two months ago, so I'm not doing a whole lot right. outside of business and parenting because I can't. <laughs> but what about pop culture? 
like do you have a favorite show and and uh, are inclined to talk about it or is it is that just like fodder I'll, I'll go through a phase where it's like i haven't like just sat back and let <laughs> someone entertain me and just not thought about anything yeah. for half an hour in a long time i just i i love tv like i am one of these people <clears throat> excuse me one of those crazy people i'm one of those crazy TV. people i know and it's so funny because like in the space that i work in in terms of like the parenting space from like because you know i'm um work in the space of attachment parenting and gentle parenting and there's a lot of conversation around screen time and and i know a lot of people who allow zero screen time and right. um you know we don't even have a tv in our house and that's great i i i respect those people i'm not one of them i <laughs> I love TV. My husband and I, that's like our thing. We get the kids to bed and that's how we unwind. And we, you know, have our list of favorite shows. And um, I love finding, love binge watching stuff on Netflix. We're we're really into shameless right now. (laughs) I started watching that. You have to be in the right space for it. I don't know. I'm apparently I'm always in the right space for it. We like, (laughs) like the office. Yeah. That that's one of the, that's one of those things. I I don't have to be in a, mood to watch it i love that cringy british humor yeah your my your office uk is my gilmore girls i'm like 100 right. obsessed with gilmore girls i have that is my like if i have a few minutes and i just need to like unwind and like shut the computer off shut the phone off i'll jump on netflix okay i'm gonna watch something and i'll start scrolling through and i'll be like oh maybe you know i'll watch this or i'll watch this and i'm like no you know what i just want to watch gilmore girls and it's just this like beautiful background beautiful background noise and I can just sit there and not really watch it but kind of watch it and still enjoy it but yeah kill more girls I didn't really appreciate it until it was off the sh- it, off the air. It was definitely one of these shows that I watched. It was probably like towards the end of high school, beginning of university, that it was on the air. Um, and I remember watching it, but not really like loving it. And then I've, I've got a little story for everything. <laughs> That's a terrible those, quality I'm of just someone one of those people. <laughs> on a podcast. That's what. Where do you think you are? <laughs> so I really got into Gilmore Girls. How is this what we're talking about right now? <laughs> no, um, it's stuff. I know, it's stuff. It's stuff. <laughs> so um, at the end of my, so my journalism program was a two-year program. Mm-hmm. I actually opted out of my last semester because I got a full-time internship out in eastern Ontario, like right on the border of Ontario and Quebec. This is a little tiny town. Gatineau? And I was, no, it was, um, it was Glengarry is okay. the area, but I was living in Alexandria. It's about the size of a postage stamp. And I was working for the newspaper there, full-time reporter, photographer. Um, wasn't getting paid because uh, I was an intern, but they paid for my room and board. So I was living yeah. with this like 85-year-old French woman uh, in her house. It was very, very awkward. <laughs> I'm a little awkward in those types of situations. So I wasn't, yeah. So I remember thinking like, I need something to do in the evenings. I'm not just going to go and sit downstairs and watch TV with her. I needed my alone time. I I really enjoyed it. So I started buying, this was really before like Amazon or anything. I was buying, I was trying to find cheap Gilmore Girls DVDs, like the seasons. So every time I found one at like a secondhand shop or there was like a sale on something, I would, I would grab this, a season of Gilmore Girls. So I spent four months watching Gilmore Girls on my computer in my bedroom in Alexandria. That's that's what I was doing with <laughs> friends in college. Friends yeah. in Seinfeld. When it yeah. finally Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know about Seinfeld, Elaine? Yes, uh, I do. Oh my god. <laughs> I have another story about that. I once told a um 
I was doing my English. I was, I was in English and I was at a, um, oh my God, what are those called? Not seminars, like little tutorials where there was like a TA and there was this, oh, I hope he's not listening. I don't even remember his name. He was a total dumbass. No one listens. No, it's okay. (laughs) I don't even remember his name. If he is listening, it was this just dumbass TA. And these, like these tutorials were just painful with this guy. Anyway, the first day he was like going around asking everybody's name. And I said, my name's Elaine. And he's like, what? I was like, Elaine. Like, I don't know if he wasn't, he didn't hear me or whatever. And I was like, Elaine, like on Seinfeld, Elaine. And he was like, oh, okay. So he called me Seinfeld for the rest of the year. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) so I wouldn't, I, after that, I never say Elaine from Seinfeld. (laughs) Right. That's one of those weird situations, like where you're dealing with someone that you're subjected to that you don't know is, are are they fucking with me? Or are they those those people that only pick up on certain things. I don't that you know. Say. I don't know if he thought he was being funny or, but right. it was not, I it was really, it was actually really obnoxious, but yeah. and it's, and you know, <laughs> 20 years later, I'm still talking about, it. Oh God, was it not 20 years? No, it wasn't 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm still talking about it. <laughs> things stick with my brain. <laughs> I, I don't think I've articulated it this way before. Just one of my many useless Jack candies <laughs> lost deep thoughts. But that thing that you said of like, this is before Amazon. Yeah. Finding that. Rare. Yeah. That reminds me of how one of the things that I love pre internet's mainstreamity. Was, <laughs> um, Coining phrases every day. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is how things or pop culture, media, like the things that you, that have tactility come into our lives, our collections or whatever. Everything was a lot more exotic. It, uh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Do you remember those times that your parents took you to the mall? Oh, yeah. And it was this incredible experience? It was an experience. It's, uh, absolutely. It was the same thing with like, we have movie nights with my kids. Like Friday nights are our movie night. Not anymore because they're playing. They're doing 100 extracurriculars. But sidebar. Um, right. We try to have a movie night with the girls and it's like, you know, PJs right out, you know, right after dinner, we get in our PJs, everybody picks a movie, we sit around and eat popcorn. And this is something I remember doing with my parents. And even as a teenager, I remember having like Friday night movie nights with my friends. But now it's like, okay, kids, what do you want to watch? We've got, you know, we've got a bunch of DVDs, but it's like, all right, now we're scouring Netflix for 45 minutes trying to agree on a movie. Okay, nothing's over there. Okay, let's go to Rogers on Demand. Let's see what's over there. Maybe we'll buy a movie. Okay, nothing's over there all right, well, let's check our Amazon prime account. Like there's just, it's just a, an overwhelming amount of content that you can consume at any given time. I remember going to the video store, you know, our friends would meet at blockbuster or I lived, um, at the end of high school, I was in Bolton. So we had this little jumbo video and they had a, they had a popcorn machine at the front and you got to eat your popcorn and you know, you spend half an hour walking around and trying to decide on your one movie that you're going to watch. It was part of the whole experience, but you're right. Everything seemed like, yeah, this trying to find these DVDs now, I'm sure I don't even know. Cause I still have the DVDs, but uh, yeah. Gilmore girls is on Netflix. So there's no, like there's no searching. There's no experience getting those DVDs. Like for me, yeah. it was like, and I, you know, Oh my God, I just found season four and it's at, at the video or at the, um, at the record store and it's, you know, it's half price cause they're having, you know, a black Friday sale or whatever. Black Friday yeah. didn't exist, but you know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> It was exciting to find these. It, they were finds. They were treasures. <laughs> and it was. And you made it a treasure when mm-hmm. it came home with you because that was the thing that you had yeah. until you were game yeah. to purchase something else again. Yep. Whereas I feel I'm even one of these people, even though I was, you know, 
as I put it, sentient long before internet mainstreamity. That's a word. Look yep, it up. It's a new hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to work too hard at putting this together, but we watch things and look at things from content creation that's online based or movies on Netflix a lot more dismissively. Well, it's disposable. It's, it's all disposable. It's, you know, and I remember consuming music with CDs, right? Like yeah. I, you know, this is, um, you know, obviously I'm dating myself here, but, um, you know, I started out with cassettes. I remember Me? getting cassettes as a kid and then, you know, making the jump to CDs, but it was like, you saved your money. Like I saved yeah. my babysitting money because I remember the Smashing Pumpkins coming out with Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah. And it was a double CD and his thing was like $45. And I remember going yeah. to what HMV? What, 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 I don't even remember what it was. I think mom and pop. Well, there was, yeah, but it was just, it was this experience of like, okay, now I'm saving up my money. Music world. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was an HMV I went to, but it was like, I was waiting for the CD to come out. I yeah. knew the Smashing Pumpkins were coming out with a new CD and they were, you know, teasing with, and I was so excited and right. I saved up my babysitting money and I remember going and, and I listened to that CD constantly, like, yeah. because I had purchased it, right? Yeah. Where now it's just like, I feel like a lot of content, music, articles, po like whatever it is, audio, it, it, it's all disposable because yeah. you're not purchasing it in any type of conscious way. You're just, yeah consuming it and a lot of it's free um you know it's even the difference between reading something on a blog like how when was the last time that you pulled up an article on a blog or some type of digital platform and read it start to finish the last time i did that was when people <laughs> were writing blogs diuretically yeah and it had more to do with their angst than the stuff right. that they wanted people to see yeah but even like when you're like on on i'm kidding i've, I've read your blog <laughs> oh it's all right you don't have to <laughs> you just read the first paragraph but <gasps> even the way that you teach the even the way that you that they're teaching online writing it's like you got to get them in the first you know click oh i can just go on a whole tangent about clickbait yeah. and, and headlines and wow but we're trying to get people oh my god <laughs> oh <laughs> anyway anyway okay bring it back bring it back here um, calm down and drink some coffee <laughs> Oh yeah, that's going to help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just the way that we consume stuff these yeah. days. It, it you know, you read the first few paragraphs or the first paragraph of something and you're kind of, okay, I got the gist, I'm on to something else. Where, you know, it used to be an experience where you go and you pick up your magazine and you take it to the yeah. beach and you read that thing cover to cover. Like, you yeah. read every single word and you consume it and you there's some sort of you, ownership to it. There's you you become for lack of a more appropriate term intimate with the, you do. the thing. Well, you have an ownership to it because you've, you've saved your money to buy that CD or you've gone. <laughs> uh -oh. I was just about to say, like, I, I remember having an intimate connection to no doubts, tragic kingdom oh, and great, also like an intimate album. connection with it as well. Yeah. That's maybe for a different podcast. 90s Gwen, fine. All right. <laughs> so good. Yeah, there's like, you take an ownership to it, right? Like it's right. not, it's not this disposable, okay, I listen to the song, okay, I'm over it, it's good, like on, on to something else. Right. The internet's great. Like I love the internet. Half of my business is on the internet, but you know, there is, and that's why I think this is where my love of print comes in. I still feel like there's, there's more, 
I don't want to say cachet to being in print, but I still think there's a big distrust on the internet. Like anybody can print stuff on the internet, print, no, can publish something on the yeah. internet. Anybody, anybody with a, with a computer and the ability to put a couple of words together can call themselves a journalist or a blogger or whatever and right. stick it on the internet and people will consume it if, you know, if they, if they know the algorithms and the hashtags and, but there's still something about print. There's still something about picking up that print magazine reading the content and, and viewing the, you know, every ad that I place is in a specific spot for a reason. Like everything that I do in the, in the magazine is very conscious and it's a very specific decision. And I think that comes off to people. People understand that when they look at a print magazine, whereas the internet is just, it's, it's disposable. It's, you know, they'll look at it and they'll move on with life. So that's my, my, my ode to print. <laughs> I have a perception of, of what I get out of looking at what you have out there. I perceive there's so much quality to the holistic parent, both from uh, how useful it is to the reader's soul, <laughs> body, psychological impacts of health and parenting and all this stuff and that there's it's a living thing like it's a human being more than it's something asking for your attention money or other <laughs> thank you i i really appreciate you saying that because i put a lot of my heart and soul into this brand right. and it's nice to hear because you know it's nice to hear the positive feedback because you and I were talking about before, uh, especially in publishing, no news is good news. If I get zero feedback about a publication, I'm like, that was a great issue yeah. <laughs> because people only contact you to complain about stuff, to tell you that you've done something wrong or they didn't like something or why didn't you do it this way? And you know, we kind of get sucked into the negativity. So, right. you know, normally radio silence for me is like total win. Nobody's complained about anything. Awesome. This <laughs> is great. So, but it is nice to actually hear the positive feedback right. once in a while. So, and if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time away from Instagram and <laughs> You liked the post and now you're listening to the show that I'm posting about all the time. <laughs> Do me a favor and eat a pizza. But uh, pizza Elaine, is delicious. And thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.